Live from the Denver Press Club presents the topic of conversation with your host, Rob Scoggins. Welcome to uh, a great evening here at the Denver Press Club uh, and the live studio audience. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, I am Rob Scoggins. I am the host of the topic of conversation. And we just want to and, and tell everybody that we're in 40 different countries. And we want to thank the five biggest countries that listen to us besides the United States. We want to welcome Indonesia, Belgium, Philippines, Mexico, and Turkey. Uh, we thank you so much for tuning in on a weekly basis, a le- weekly basis uh, to us. And if you're ever in town, of course, come to one of our shows. Uh, you know how to find us on Facebook and, and social media and all that good stuff. We'll be changing our website soon, so we look forward to having you here. If you're ever in the Denver metro area, please come down to the Press Club uh, and say hi to us uh, during a Wednesday night. And, of course, follow us as we move uh, to our new location, the original Brooklyn's over there near My House Stadium, where they, uh, you know, the Broncos, the, the World Championship mm-hmm. Broncos um, are. Um, we are so excited to have our topic tonight. Uh, voting is a huge thing in our country. Uh, we do it every four years. You can kind of follow it along. We get a leap year, then we get then we get the Olympics, and then we get the election. And so it's a it's a fun every every four years we get this. Voting is huge. It's obviously a, a big staple right now with the way the elections are going now. Uh, a lot of things are computerized and digitalized and all this other stuff. I'm so excited to have this guest. Um, he's written a wonderful book, and of course he is a he's a fisherman. He's a ham radio guy. He um, loves to loves to uh, go boating. He loves to talk. He loves to have a good time, and he's written this wonderful book called Vote. And uh, we want we uh, we we call him. We, we, his name is Richard J. Schneider, but we all his friends around here call him Dick Schneider. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm very good. Thank good. you. We're so excited to have you. And um, you you have uh, you've had quite a career in this world. You've had well. It's been very. It's been fun. You've had a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. You started off. Uh, tell us a little bit of how where you're from and uh, and and uh, and and where you where you're raised and all that good stuff. I grew up in northern Illinois, a little town called Crystal Lake. Yeah, which is a suburb of Chicago. Sure. Did my first year of uh, uh, college at University of Illinois, and then transferred to DePaul University in the city and sure. became a city rat. <laughs> and uh, graduated. By the beach. Yeah, right? graduated from DePaul and uh, with a degree in political science, and uh, packed up. My young bride and I, and moved out west for fame and fortune, and uh, and they saw the mountains, and you said, "Hell no!" Right? Well, we when we finally saw the mountains for the first time. We thought, "Are those, are those clouds?" Or <laughs> no, those are that's snow. You yeah. know, so now we came out here to ski and enjoy the west and have fun. We stayed ever since. That was in 1969, and uh, my first job in journalism was editing the Barnum. Uh, newspaper that was owned by Ivan Rosenberg, the late Ivan Rosenberg, who was a city councilman. Not, nothing to do with Barnum and Bailey Circus, no, right? No, no. But Barnum is like out by Federal and Sixth right. Avenue, and uh, weekly newspaper, and uh, learned learned a little bit there. And I think Ivan paid me uh, thirty bucks a week and could barely make the payroll. Sure, he's like uh, <laughs> I haven't only papers yet. Yeah. But I started learning about the town and the cop shop out there and everything, and. Uh, Finally, I got a jingle from uh, United Press uh, International, who I'd interviewed with, and they hired me in the Denver Bureau, and I became their statehouse correspondent, worked for them for three years, and uh, had a lot of fun, did some investigative pieces, and uh, then walked up the street to the Rocky Mountain News and said, do you want to hire me? And they said, yeah. Sure, why not? Right? That, no, that was easy? the easiest interview easy? I ever went through. Is that how easy it was in the 80s just to get yeah. a job? You're like, yeah, fine. Yeah, when we got out of college, I, I, t- I tell kids now, it's like, we got out of college, and it's like, 
the last thing we worried about was the job. Yeah. They were like falling out of trees. Sure. Um, actually, what we didn't want, you know, we we, we were going to miss college. Yeah. It's like we got afraid, oh, we got to go to work yeah. now. We're, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And DePaul's, a, I mean, where you went to school is a great area. It's a, oh, it's, I, mean, it's such I a love super, Chicago. I mean, it's a great area. city, great city, love it. Don't like the winters. No. Did you, go, did, you ever, did you ever go to the fair? Where you ride, did you ride the oh yeah the wheel? Yeah. Did you go to the John Han- John Hancock building and have buffet? I've been to the John Hancock no problem, building right? everywhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you like the sports there? Well, yeah, I was an old Bears fan. Were you a Bears fan? Oh yeah. Oh sure. Yeah, the Bears. But I mean, I'm a Broncos fan. Now. Yeah. So Broncos versus yeah Broncos. Versus. If they fall out, then it's the Bears, and if yeah. the Bears go, Green Bay Packers. Really. Yeah. Well, good for you. Not the Vikings. Not the Vikings. Huh. No. I That's when right. I played uh, football in uh, high school, we used to revere the Packers. Sure. Though I mean, the Packers have been around forever. Yeah. 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 So, and then when you moved out here, came out here, and you got the job of the paper. Got in journalism. Did journalism for till about seventy-seven, and uh, Bowie Sewell grabbed me one day at the state house and said, "Do you want to come to work for the governor, who was Dick Lamb at the time?" And help us start up this little energy, this energy office. Uh-huh. And so I went to work for uh, the Office of Energy Conservation. Was that your first introduction into politics? Was that your first? Pretty of, much, because I was pretty much anti- straight. Yeah, I didn't really cover politics as a journalist. I covered uh, energy, natural resources, uh, environmental issues. Um, as a result of that, I got appointed a fellow at Stanford University and took wow. a sabbatical to study energy affairs out there for six months. And um, came back and continued writing, but then went into the energy conservation game for the state government. And uh, after about three years, that was about enough. Yeah. A government and went freelance and then uh, went into the video production business and then started a company. Were you the first YouTube? Did you? Is that what you guys were doing? Kind of underground stuff, throwing it out there? No, we were doing corporate stuff. Doing corporate. Oh, yeah. So more we had to industrial to, type yeah, stuff. Yeah, clients that uh, actually had money. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The paying clients. How yes. Long, how, how long did you do that? About 30 years. Wow. Okay. 30 years. And um, is the company still around? People are still doing it? No, we... Uh, kind of all dissolved and doing your own thing my, now? My partner passed away, okay. became ill. Sorry. And um, we got hit by the economic tsunami. Sure. A few years back. And we this, decided... This 06, be, 07, 08? Yeah. And really? as he, his health was failing, we decided let's wind down the... Okay. Let's wind down the partnership and just go freelance, independent. And uh, I've been freelancing ever since, doing some consulting work. Is that when the writing bug hit you? Is that when you said, hey, I can I want to write a bit? I've always that? written. Uh-huh. I mean, I've been a, been a writer, writer since, since yeah. high school. I got hooked in high school. Okay. And, uh, what did you write about in high school? Girls? No. No. No? no. Did you go to Catholic school? No. No. Public so school. You, public school. So no. Public no. schools in Crystal Lake were one of the best in the state. Wow. And, I mean, it was a top-end high school system. Yeah. And... Um, I got involved. I, got I always think of Jason, the movie. And just, <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, <laughs> don't you? I mean, don't you always think of Friday the 13th? You're like, Crystal Lake. No? That's true. You don't? No, no I, do. I do. I, I do. will never go to yeah, where you live. I know. Ever. <laughs> Especially not at night. <laughs> ever. Because <laughs> Jason is there. Um, I no. fell into an unusual crowd <laughs> Did you? in Crystal Lake. When in high I, school? Uh, junior high school, when I switched, mm-hmm. I switched from uh, into the into the central school system, and I met these guys who were interested in the, a music form called jazz. Oh, now this is one. when Splish Splash. I was taking a bath, 
by Bobby Darren was, you know, on the charts. So like and, the early 60s. Yeah. Okay. And and uh, these guys were into big band music, and I got hooked on jazz. And, is this pre or post Kennedy? This is pre-Kennedy. Pre Kennedy. Pre-Kennedy. Okay. Pre-Kennedy. Yeah. So pre-Beatles. I always put those two guys pre together. Pre-Beatles, so yeah. You were Beatles, Beatles came in, you know, the mid-60s. Yeah. In fact, I took my sister uh, to their concert at Comiskey Park wow. in Chicago when they hit when they first landed. So uh, I, I got into jazz, and we got into avant-garde writing and beat and poetry and this sort of thing. Okay. So that's the kind of wacko stuff. Did you play that, the piano? Did you play? I did not play the piano. Did you play I, anything? I played bongos. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, earlier I played. I mean, bongos are usually the, you know. You bet. Next to each other. Yeah. Okay. I'll tell you a funny story about that. Go. Um Back in high school, um, I, my best buddy was a jazz drummer. Okay. And his dad used to play drums for Louis Armstrong in Chicago. Okay. And, uh, okay. So we did a, uh, a musical performance uh, at the school's uh, talent show. They had an annual talent show. Mm. And we had some pretty good musicians. And I played the bongo drum. I mean, that's all I that's all you did. I mean, I, did, I played woodwinds when I was younger. Richard plays bongos. Yeah. Played bongos. And uh, we were sort of the hit of the, of the, of the show. Did you have long hippie hair? No, no, okay. no. I mean, just kind of, kind of long. I mean, it was it was long. Yeah. Hair, you know. So, we played the stage performance uh, playing uh, Watermelon Man, and uh, we Can had you some good a few bars. I don't know what that is. Water, uh, well, I'm not mm-hmm. good at carrying a tune. You're not. It's da 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 da. Oh, okay, Robert. So Robert not, it's not like the taxi. It's not like it's not like Havana Taxi by Herb no. Albert, right? or no. not Herb Albert. No. Right? Name um, dun, 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 dun. Okay. Yeah. It's not dun 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 dun. That's not it. No. Okay. Sorry. No. All right. So, last fall, I'm back for my 50th high school reunion. Oh wow! And my friend Kenny, who's now a physician. Oh, of course. Yeah. All jazz music. All jazz guys. He said physicians. He 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 commandeers the high school auditorium no. stage where we played 50 years ago. Okay. And he made all the arrangements. He bought me, he's, the night before, he gave me this box. He said, here, take this. We're going to play tomorrow. And I opened the box. It's a set of new bongo drums. Nice ones, too, I'm yes. sure, right? So I'm back in my hotel room trying to, do I have any rhythm left? And, you know, <laughs> calling up tunes on my phone. And yeah. So we actually played the same tune no we did way. 50 years earlier on stage. Play? Just one, just and water, people, and, watermelon. And, and people dance. And we had, uh, well, they just sat there. They're, like, they're the old hell? people. It's fiftieth reunion. Oh, Half right. of them are dead. Yeah. <laughs> some are wheeled yeah. in. Some are wheeled in. Right? I understand. All right, all right. But it worked. It went. It was fun. That's good. It was. I got my chops back. It's a great memory. Yeah. And that was in Crystal Lake. Crystal Lake. Crystal. Now never go there. Don't go there. Never. Because especially at night. No. Don't go by uh, no. Main Beach. Don't you remember those movies? I mean, do you ever? Oh yeah. I mean, do you yeah. ever go back and you're like, God, I grew up there. Yeah, but you know we don't. Well, you know, don't we live like there. We just get on the martini boat and roll around the lake. <laughs> like, and swap stories, right? I mean, that's kind of what we do at your fifty. It's a great, yeah, it's a great. Yeah. And then, did you, do they talk about the movie? No, no, they mention it they every mention, so often. Does anybody dress up? No, not that I know That'd be of. Hilarious. I mean, not that I know. St- stupid but hilarious. I'm sure. Yeah. So I don't know. Who knows? You also, but by by the time you got into your world of of, of politics, of working on the hill, and then of course. Um, starting your business with all the great people here, ha- radio has always been a, a fan. You've always been a fan of radio, yeah. And, and the way radio works, and the yeah. way where you it's can magic. Reach, the way you can, yeah. I call it radio magic too. Yeah. The way you can reach out to somebody 
and then in, in a minute they're like, "Hey, how you doing?" Yeah. Ham radios. Now, ham. You know, we always think of food ham. We always yeah. think of hamming it up. We always think of you know, hey, he's a ham. Yeah. How did ham radio get a name? Um. Nobody really knows. There's know, a couple. There's a couple name, of yeah. Right? There's it's a couple. Name. Actually, there's a couple of competing right. stories. <laughs> the one that sounds more, most realistic. Yeah. Is there were three guys on the East Coast. Their last names started with H and an A, a and an M. M. And somehow they were involved in amateur radio, right. and, and that's kind of where it came from. But if you go, if you talk to amateur radio historians and everything, and you know where did that name come from? They they don't they don't know. They don't have a, they they have have a no straight idea. answer. Yeah. it's just cool. Yeah. Now, do you have one in your basement? Do you have yes, a ham radio? I have a station. Is it huge? No. No, it's just a little. It's small. It's small. It's low power. Now I might be dating myself yeah. or dating everybody else. Yeah. I imagine you sitting like Radar O'Reilly mm-hmm. in the mass unit. Yeah. And and Colonel Mulcahy walks in and says, "Now that that was the old days. That, that was that was in the fifties. You know, that was in the sixties. You got that's big, not you. Big boat anchors. Yeah. yeah. Now everything you. is compact. Compact, but costs the same." Uh, some of it does cost the same yeah. and, uh, even quite a bit more. And some of it's fairly cheap and you can build kits. Now, do you, do you get on there and just say, I'm going to talk to anybody who, and everybody, you or can, do you get on there and say, Hey, I want to talk to somebody in Indonesia or China and you're like, or do you, do you have a relationship with somebody in Germany or someone else or yes and no. Okay. So there's contests all around the world where there's stations on the air. Okay. Um, you know by their call sign where they're calling from. What's your call sign? My call sign is AB0CD. So it's kind of like the first Twitter uh, to be on hand. In a way. I mean, a voice, voice Twitter. In a way. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I do contesting. So all you, all you need to do is make a contact with this, with this station. You put it in the log. Okay. And, uh, and you, you tune in. Yeah, you listen to them, and it's... Mostly, most of the work I do is Morse code. It's not voice. Really? Yeah. Morse yeah. code. Morse code. Did it? Like, did, did it? Did, did, did it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Did, did it's you, the most. You, it's the most efficient way to communicate with radio. Yeah. Did you see the movie that they did on the the World War II thing? The which one? The the the, the most recent one. The one that they did where he cracked the code and and uh, and cracked Hitler's you know code. Oh. Well, I forget what's called. Yeah. That. That's the enigma. That's yeah, enigma. The enigma. Yeah. That that's encryption stuff. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's different. Yeah. So Morse code is uh, straight. You know, there's symbols for each letter, right. and uh, amateur radio operators are not allowed to encrypt their messages in any way. Okay. I want you to use this pen. Use the top okay. of the pen like this. You know, this top right here. Yeah. And I want you to say whatever you want to say. Say something in Morse code. Okay. And then tell us what you did. All right. All right. Say so, something. No, no. You 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 say something yeah, in Morse code, and then when you're done tapping, can you hear the? Can you yeah, hear of course. Steps? Yeah. Okay. And, and after you're done doing your Woody Woodpecker interpretation, mm-hmm. I want you to tell us what you said. Okay. Lord of the Dance. No, I said Lord of the Dance. I said I said say something. Say really. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're a clever little guy, you. No, that was good. And that, and that, and and you have. Do you still have the little, the thing we imagined from World War II to go, the king speech straight, type the, thing? Yeah, the, the straight and whatever. The straight called? key. Straight key. Yeah. I have a straight key, but yeah. uh, we use we use keyers. We use paddles that go both ways. You do one way and it it does das. The other way it does dits automatically. Das and dits. Das and dits. Ah. Yeah. That's really what they're called. Yeah. 
Dits and Dots. So uh, do you ever da, just da, da, tell da, your da, friends, I'm going to go Dits and Dots tonight? Yeah, yeah. But, well, they, you know, like, I, I say, what? yeah, no, that's... <laughs> What are their names? What are the well, twins' I, names? I do a lot of I do a lot of hiking and backpacking and camping with this guy, and uh, um, so I'll pull out a little radio and he'll just go do something because I'm throwing a, doing I'm throwing a wire up into the tree, <laughs> hooking up batteries, and you know, well, no pull, bears are going to show up. So yeah, that's good. well, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So the ham radio thing has been a part of your life since you were a kid. Did you did you do it when I, you were young in Chicago, I got, or did you? I got into it when I was young okay. um, in Crystal Lake. Yeah. A uh, buddy of mine up the street was very much into it, and we would visit hams around the town, and you know they would teach us stuff and everything. Um, I never got my license. The, this guy did get his license, and he's like a big time ham now, like a big big time contester. He's hamming it up. He's hamming it up. But uh, in 1990, well, I mean, I got interested. I got into sports and girls sure. and all that stuff. And yeah. it's like you no know, doubt, sports, girls, cars. Yeah. Man. So uh, uh, 1995, I. I, I always listen to shortwave radio, shortwave okay. stations. Yeah, and uh, I like listening to the cop stations. Yeah, and, and the, I bought I bought the, a nice I bought a nice there. radio in '95. Can you still listen to airplanes? Oh yeah, yeah okay, yeah. And I bought a nice shortwave radio in '95, and I listened to it for about five minutes, and it's like I got to go study and get my license and get mm -hmm. a transmitter and just start this. You have to get a license. Oh yeah, how much are those? They're free. Oh, well, but you have to pass the exam. You have to pass exams. You have to pass the dot 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 dot. dot. Uh, you did when I got my licenses. But you no longer because Morse code is no longer an official communication mode for anything anymore. Really? It used to be for military, maritime, navigation. So it's a dying language. Uh, it is. However, um, I have a friend who's got a ham radio company, and he is constantly selling small radios and telegraph keys to very strange places all around the world. And when he gets a big order for telegraph keys, uh, he says, usually after that, a month or two later, there's a lot of activity somewhere on earth. Are the millenniums, and it's a generation yeah. tag, uh, millennials, are the millennials getting into it? Are they Are they just uh, they're not, too busy with Twitter and Facebook? Not, and not that I see. An amateur yeah. radio has always been challenged about getting younger yeah, of course. folks into it. Um, because computers took away a lot of the luster, uh, but there's still younger younger kids getting into it. You mentioned computers. Yeah, that's a big part of your life too. Well, they're tools. They're my hammers. Yeah, yeah. Were you were you around? I mean, obviously, obviously, I know you were alive <laughs> during the Steve during the Steve Jobs and 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 uh, and Microsoft, which is uh, Bill Gates and all those guys. I know you were around during that time, but were you involved in it during that time, or you just watched and you were a fan? You were a fan of theirs, and you kind of watched what they were doing. You bought their products and and made it work. Or what, what, I, I think more. I think more of a consumer. I okay. mean, I bought my first computer. In fact, I just took it out and fired it up. It still works. It's right. a K Pro two, about the size of a sewing machine. They called it portable. Yeah. Then okay. Um, <laughs> to a pack mule. That was the but, first yeah. computer I bought for my writing business. That was after I left journalism. Mm -hmm. So that was in the early eighties. Did uh, you have a Macintosh? No, no. Um, this was a CPM computer. This was yeah. before DOS, and uh, and then the then Microsoft. There's this little company called Microsoft who came up with DOS. Right. Actually, they small company. Yeah. Actually, they swiped it from some guy. I, I remember sold, the movie. Yeah. Sold it. To, sold it to IBM, mm -hmm. and uh, then we switched over to IBM computers and whatnot. Right. But I've had tons of computers throughout my life, wow. and and they're tools. They're they're my. I'm like I'm a carpenter who buys hammers and saws. I mean, they're they're tools for me. Okay. 
And how many do you own? How many computers do you think you own? Right now? Yeah. That I could find? Yeah. Probably half a dozen. Really? Yeah. Wow. I own one. One computer. But I've probably owned dozens over the yeah. years. Do you, yeah. Have you ever built one? Uh, I've never built one. Never no. built one? No. With, when, when you started to write yeah. and, get into, and get into like really, you know, the fictional fun writing, when did it hit you to do a, a, you know, a book like Water and a book like Vote? Vote was actually the first book in the, ser- in the Vic Bankston series, but I put it aside. So you're like a Dan Brown type guy. Yeah I, put, yeah, I put it aside because Water was a big deal at the time. We were coming out of a drought here, mm-hmm. and uh, so I decided to start the series with, uh, with Water and then come back to Vote later, which was good because all the encryption stuff and sure. cyber stuff wasn't happened there yet, since yeah. then. And, uh, but I'd always written fiction. Short stories mostly, and um, uh, then I, tr- I I tried to write. I decided to write a longer piece, a novella, uh, which I published as a book called uh, "Who Killed Porkchop," and it's just kind of a fun yeah. fun piece that We're takes place that down in Key West. And mm-hmm. I wanted to I wanted to play around with character development and character interaction. Um, then uh, I, I started writing some elements of these books and showed it to some friends, and they said, you know why don't you just do this full time? Because, you know, I like it. And uh, um, we wound down the business. I had more spare time on my hands. I just decided to to do it. Start doing it. And, uh, you know, if you write two or 300, 400 words a day, six, eight months, you got a book. Now, before we go to break, and obviously a vote you can get on Amazon and Kindle, and there'll be local bookstores here <laughs> in Denver, Colorado, but obviously easy to get on Amazon and Kindle. Uh, on digital and on on paperback, and you can get water as well. You can buy. I think mm-hmm. you can buy them as a set on Amazon if you want to as well. Uh, before we go to break, uh, Dick is going to read us a little bit of vote, and it's going to be a little bit topical about way the way the elections and what people are afraid of and all this stuff. Uh, it's an incredibly topical book that you should read well before the election in November and probably before uh, June seventh, before they go to their whatever the <laughs> big parties they call them. And <laughs> one's in Cleveland, and the other the one. Convention. Yeah, one's in Cleveland. What's the other one? Where's the Democratic one this year? I, I don't have know. no idea. I don't know. Anybody know? Denver. No, Is it no it's not in Denver. Well, I don't think it's here. No, no. Philadelphia, yeah, Philadelphia. Philly. He's right. Yeah, Philly He's right. It's in Philly. So, um, and I think you should definitely read this book before you do that. Um, Dick Schneider's going to read a little bit of book, a little bit of the part from it, and then... Uh, okay, let me preface this. Yeah, please preface it. Yeah. Um, because... I, this, and it's a long section, folks, but it's worth hearing yeah, this, every, every word of it. So. This, this section is an interview that uh, Vic Bankston, the main character... Yeah. Had with uh, and Vic a guy Vincent's named kind of your hero. I mean, he's kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. He's 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 the hero. Um, he's the investigator. Yeah, he's interviewing David Riley, who invented the touchscreen voting system. And, and that's the and it, you know it's a real real thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because my partner and I did it. Yeah. Um, so the guy he's interviewing is actually dead. Yeah. He was killed off in the first chapter. So he so this is kind of a flashback. And uh, Vic was hired by uh, a new newspaper in Denver, uh, his first one that he went to work for, having gone out of business. Um, and he was asked to cover this guy's uh, death. Uh, so he wrote a story, but, but he, he had interviewed this, this guy, this murder victim, two weeks before he was, well, before he died, uh, on a freelance job. And there were certain facts that Vic 
left out of the story that he wrote for the Denver Times, which is the paper he, he works for now. Um, but it has to do with voting. And uh, this guy had invented the touchscreen voting system, and then he had a new idea called the universal vote, which would allow anybody to vote on any device from anywhere on Earth. Um, like they do in American Idol. Like they do in American Idol, right. right. So you could vote from your phone. doesn't matter where you are. Um, you could vote. And this, uh, Riley was interested in full voter participation. And this was the part that uh, Vic left out of the story he wrote for the Times because he wanted to check it out first. Now, if I can only remember where I started. Um, okay, here you go. Vic is asking a question. <clears throat> How can you possibly safeguard the integrity of the elections? Vic asked Riley during the interview. It seems easy these days to hack computers, cell phones, anything using software. The security failures are, are mounting each month. Sony, Target, Home Depot, NSA, Snowden, WikiLeaks. Riley shot back. That one I've got covered. The wealthy entrepreneur leaned back in his chair, crossed his arms, smiled, and arched his eyebrows. But I won't talk about that, he said, jutting out a steely defiant jaw. What I will tell you about, because I want this out there, is how political leaders are freaking out about this. None of those bastards want everyone to vote. Not one of them. Freaking out, Vic said, writing the phrase in his notebook and underlining it twice. Then Riley revealed two secret and separate meetings he had with the chairwoman of the Republican National Committee and the chairman of the Democratic National Committee. Riley said he laid out his vision for the future of the vote in the United States and globally. He predicted nearly 100% voter participation by Americans, not the 36 to 63% voter turnout since the 60s. Vic had underlined in his notes how Riley described the reaction to the prospect of full voter participation. They were absolutely terrified, one quote read. Riley admitted to Vic that he had been a bit naive to think the country's political leaders actually wanted everyone to vote. I realized the major political parties could have cared less about voter participation unless it was under their strict terms and only for their candidates, he told Vic who was recording the interview on his cell phone, tucked neatly into his shirt pocket. The Dems just want young people, college kids mostly, minorities, women, and as many naturalized citizens as possible registered to vote because they tend to vote for Democrats. I had the feeling the Democrats wanted everyone to vote, Vic asked, fishing for a particular response. So did I, Riley said, looking up at the books on the shelves in his dark study. Well, I suppose it's natural just to round up only those who support you, but my observation is that the Pauls, or at least the leadership, are only interested in supporters who tow the company line, and that line is getting a little too socialistic for my taste. Too much nanny state. Bailouts, Vic said, healthcare? Banks, Riley said, insurance companies. They put us in the tank, and we reward them with tax dollars. Car companies were quite diff are quite different story. They were crushed when the bankers destroyed our economy. No, those bailouts served a lot of workers' jobs. Obamacare? Not sure. I'm still mulling that one over. Republicans do the same thing, Vic said. It's what political parties do. I know that, Riley said, but they seem to go out of their way to make voting tougher than it should be, almost as though they want to suppress some voters or disenfranchise them. 
Well, that's the charge against them, Vic said. I'd like to say just what I'd like to say they just want to make it tougher by tightening the registration laws or even challenging voters right at the polls, Riley said. They think it's legal what they're doing. The courts will have to decide. But there's just something I don't like about it. Getting rid of motor voter laws, restricting early voting, things like that. When we come back after the break, we're going to dive more into this wonderful book called Vote and find out why he wrote it, why he thinks it needs to be out there in the world. I'm going to tell him why I think it needs to be out there even further than uh, Denver, Colorado. When we come back, we're talking to Richard J. Schneider, uh, author, boat, boat enthusiast, ham radio enthusiast. We'll be back after the break. I'm Rob Scoggins, and this is The Topic of Conversation. Thanks. Consider joining the Denver Press Club, which offers a relaxing atmosphere of camaraderie and creativity and serves as the hub for Denver's media, public relations, and communications community. It's the nation's oldest press club, with the first organized meeting held in 1867, and with the club making its home at 1330 Glenarm Place since 1925. Please visit our website at denverpressclub.org to find out all the great things that are happening throughout the week, month, and year. We're open Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Come by and see us. And welcome back. Uh, I am your host, Rob Scoggins, and you're listening to the Topic of Conversation. We are live right here in the Denver Press Club in downtown Denver every Wednesday night. and hope you can join us anytime you want to. If you're in the Denver metro area, it is free to the public. Come on in, have a burger, and have some beer, and sit down and maybe learn something about some really cool topics that we talk about on a weekly basis. We're having a great time uh, tonight. We have a, a, uh, an author. He is a ham radio enthusiast. He's a fisherman. He's a boater. He's a cool guy. He's laid back. He's from Chicago, but now he's in the wind. Now he's down here in the Mile High City uh, for the past forty years, right? Mm -hmm. Forty years, in yeah, time? plus forty years plus. Yeah, I forty. Mean, that's a like, long time. It's a yeah. long, long time. Let's get let's get into the heart of the thing. Let's get into the vote. Let's mm -hmm. get into the the, the the meaty the meaty greedy here. Um, Vic, Vic, your your dude, mm -hmm. and and he's been in two books now, three books. He's, he's two books, two books. Water and now this one. Water and vote. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool guy. Nice guy. Ooh, yeah, okay. I think he's cool. It's kind of intense, but he's cool. Don't you think so? Baby boomer. Baby boomer, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, do you like him? I do like him, and... Uh, and how do you pronounce his last name? Bankston. Bankston, Vic Bankston. Bankston. Yeah, it's a Swedish name. Investigation. I still, it's the name of my, uh, it's the last name of my junior high school history teacher. Really? Whom I showed up on his doorstep uh, not too long ago at our 50th reunion, and he had already been through the book and took some pictures, and uh, yeah. So Did he was, know that, that? Who is it based on? Who is Vic? Is it you? Are you Vic? Vic is a little bit of me because okay. uh, um, since I'm I'm uh, chronologically challenged, uh, I don't have a lot of time to research a lot of. I mean, I do research for each book, but I I can't spend five years. In we got you got good editors. Okay. Yeah, and I. You know, I've spent, like I say, 40-plus years in Colorado. I've got a lot of stories about Colorado places, which I like, and I'm just writing about them and placing the story there, plus other places that I go to. Like Part, part of this book takes place in Key West, so right. which, which is one you, of my favorite places. You seem to places. like Key West, yeah. It's a nice hangout yeah. place, yeah. Have you ever been there for Fantasy Fest? have not been there but for Fantasy, Fantasy Fest. Fest folks, that's you, pretty wild. Fantasy folks, if you're listening, yeah. uh, if you've never been to Fantasy Fest in Key West, it's basically their... There's their celebration of Halloween. Yeah, it is incredible. It, it is. is just it's it's wild. It is like Mardi Gras. Yeah, gone crazy. Yeah, in Key West. Well, I just go down there to hang out and relax. Yeah, of and, course. Uh, 
there's a lot of strange people there. Yeah. And, uh, fun places and uh, nice locales. Uh-huh. So I, I, I wrote some scenes uh, down there, which were fun. When you, when you, did, when you, when you made him, when you, when you yeah. kind of wrote about him, did you want him to be kind of a jerk? Did you, did you want him to be kind of intense? Or no, what, what actually, I think, I think Vic, Vic is a, a, a lot like, Vic is a lot like me. Yeah. Well, you're laid he, back. Yeah, but he cuts, he cuts some corners that I wouldn't have done as a reporter, right. as a journalist. Sure. He, he, he crosses the line. He steals evidence. He uh, records things when he's not supposed to. Did you to. ever stretch the truth when you were writing big time? Like full time? Never. Never. No. No. No, <laughs> no actually, um, the way it worked is you, you, you push a lead for a story sure. as far as you can. can. And somehow you got to know if you push it further, it'll break and won't really be the truth. But yeah, we push some leads. But so he's an investigative writer, journalist, or not really. He started out in journalism. Yeah. And uh, he left and went into the corporate world for 25, 30 years. And he always missed journalism. He loved the newspaper business. And he, uh, he went back to it and somehow landed a job at his old newspaper. As in many stories, yeah. and yours, your vote, uh, as in yours, someone dies at the beginning, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. Someone died at the beginning. <laughs> yes. Why did he have to die? Well, if you're writing a murder mystery, <laughs> you need somebody to die yeah. at some point. Yeah. Does it have to be on the first page? <laughs> Can't you wait a little bit to knock him off? You can, you can, you can, but I, I, I chose that, I chose that structure to uh, kind of get things rolling quickly. Let's just knock him off at the beginning. And uh, the next book, um, Water. Well, no, the next. Oh, one, the next one the, coming the third out. Third one. Third one uh, is going to be a cold case story, and uh, some high school kids find some bones in the first chapter, Ooh. human bones. Okay. So that person did not die in the first chapter, but he died 40 years earlier. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. You wrote this with intentions, right? I mean, yeah. this, you have some, you have some, there's, there's a lot of stuff that you want to get out about our country in this well, book. I, I mean, you, are you, are you happy with the way the, the voting situation is in our country? I know, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about that, about that. And also tell us a little bit about your touchscreen Voting okay, and how, now, how easy voting could be okay, if we uh, went to modern technology, which the Democrats and Republicans yeah, don't want us to do. I'm not happy with voting primary. And I, and the I, process, right? The process uh-huh. is uh, restrictive it's, it's, and it's, awkward, and we have a lot of lazy... It's prehistoric. We have a lot of lazy people in yeah. the country. Um, a minority of people who are eligible to vote actually elect all of our representatives. Right. So it's, it's majority rule at the... At for those who vote, but when you count up everybody who lives in the country, everybody's eligible to vote. It's a sm- it's a minority. It's, it's a small minority of people. They're the ones who are selecting our representatives. So I, I lay some of the problems, a big part of the problem, at the feet of citizens. Okay. You know, they need to vote. Now, we only vote, you know, we got one day. We got mm-hmm. one shot at one day. So one day. if your kid's not sick or... You can get off work. We have a whole. You can go down to vote now. The, we have a whole month to get a license yeah, plate. I know, yeah. but we do have you know with the early voting now and the mail out ballots, that is stretching out the early voting, widening issue. widening the period in which we vote. No, a lot of countries um, voting occurs over a two or three week period. Correct. 
and um, uh, it and there's not as much voter registration in other countries as there is in the United States. You know that slows down the process, and uh, I'd like to see it opened up more. Uh, I know the Republicans uh, tend to pass laws that. You know, you got to have a photo ID, you got to have this, you got to have that, and there's a lot of complaints about that. And their argument is that, well, it's to prevent voter fraud, which is fine. But if you count up the cases of voter fraud, I mean, you can count them up on one hand. Sure. So that's a problem. Um, I'd like to see uh, wider participation in the vote. I mean, if you study the course of our country, which I've Essentially, you have two degrees in government, American government. I've got 30 hours of post-grad work in American government. Okay. Um, the voting franchise steadily gets broader and broader and broader. I mean, first it started out with just white landowners, and it's been broadened to include minorities, women. You know, So our, our movement has been to open up the voting franchise. And you know, I think anything that uh, kind of clamps it down or restricts it unreasonably is not something we should be doing. And it's all done by population. I mean, we have some very popular, populated states. Yeah. We have, you know, Wyoming, no one lives there. But California, 30... Well, I think there's somebody who No, who I know people live Wyoming. there. There are people who live there, but not many. Not many. Yeah. Um, they go cowboys, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, but when you have a state like California that has a population almost or a little bit larger or right at the It's same, like a country. Or like the same population <laughs> of Canada. Yeah. They have yeah. almost identical populations. Yeah. California and Canada have almost identical populations. Put that in perspective, folks. That's 35 million people in one spot of land. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of power. Yeah. And the problem is the states that, some of the states just go, well, you know, they feel like the kid who doesn't get picked in the kickball, you know, pick kickball game or they get picked last. Like, my, you know, what is, you know, does, does it really matter? We get three electoral votes in Wyoming. Who's yeah. it, you know, where is it going to go? Nobody cares. Um, and you can sell the candidates that feel that way too. They go to the states that are most populous. They they go to the states that, that seem to matter more. And we saw it last night um, in, the, in the way it's being done in 2016. Mm-hmm. You have made voting easy. I mean, American Idol, <laughs> that pop show star, yeah. that pop, you know, the, people vote. I mean, men and women vote all the time on those shows. Mm-hmm. And they do it from their phones. They yeah. do it from their computers. Mm-hmm. And it counts. Right. And that contestant moves on or that contestant gets kicked off. Who do you want to see kicked off? Do you want to see, why in the hell can't we do that? Well, the reason we don't do it is, gets into the area of encryption technology and security. Which is what vote is all about. Which is what vote is all about. And uh, in, in, the, in, in the story of vote, uh, Vic, you know, is looking at, you know, he starts looking at, well, the, all the politicians didn't want this universal vote system to take place. But as he, as he pursues the investigation into Riley's suspicious death, because the police are hemming and hawing as to what it is. It's sure. a suicide, or was he murdered, or whatever. Uh, although the reader knows he was murdered. We know. I mean, uh, yeah. But he uncovers some cyber encryption technology that Riley had come up with. And that was the thing that Riley was holding back. And that's, that's the, the MacGuffin, you know, Hitchcock used that word, the MacGuffin that everybody's after. Right. It's a technology. Now explain that to people who are listening. Uh, when you say encrypted, uh, the, the, it, well, it's, we it's, do, it's, it's, it's ones and it's ones and twos and threes or what it's ones and zeros. It has to do with uh, the concept of public keys and private keys. Okay. 
And the analogy I threw in the book, which I found was, was very helpful, was to imagine a post office box. Okay. So you've got a key to your post office box. Sure. And you're the only one who has that key. So that's your private key. On the back, on the other side, on the post office side, those things are wide open. Wide open. They're all open. You know, that's that's the <laughs> public key. So the post the postman or woman takes the letters and they put them in the back of the box. That's sort of the public key. Only that only the post office can do that. Uh, but it's a public public access in a way. Sure. But only the the po the post office box owner has that one key that can open it from the front and get those messages out. Well, this is how encryption, computer works. encryption works, and we're using it. Many times a day, whenever we do a credit card transaction, any kind of banking, any kind of secure stuff on the internet, it's using these public key and private key encryption technology. You mentioned Snowden in your book, and, yeah. and on, there's some other things you mentioned in your book too. Is anything hackable? Is anything, anything can be hacked. There's no safeguard. I could pay $1,000 a month to think that I'm being safe, but yeah. everything's hackable, right? I mean, everything. As far as I can see, Although, you know, we've got the big we've got the big brouhaha between Apple and the Feds right. as to whether they'll, they'll you know they'll write some software to open one phone. Right. Um, I think I think once we figure this out, I think what what Apple is doing socially is telling the world that they're not going to help the government, but behind yeah. closed doors, they probably already done it. In I'm my not, mind, I'm not sure. They're, really? I mean, on that one phone, they're they're kind of holding fast. Okay. I'm not. Who I'm, knows? I, I sort of err, I, I kind of err with the government yeah. on it because it's, it's you know, if you've got a duly executed search warrant, you can go into anybody's house, safety deposit box, anything. Phone records. get it. If anything. you have probable cause under right. the Fourth Amendment. And they do. And they do, and they got their court order and everything, and there's this little phone, and you got some private corporation saying, well, no. Yeah. So, I don't know. You know, it's... The private corporations is based in the United States. Yeah, well... Yeah. Yeah, no matter where. I mean, who's making the rules? Yeah. Um, no one owns the World Wide Web. Government abuses its power. Do you power. agree with that? That no one owns the World Wide Web? It's for the world? Boy, I don't know. I mean, the, I mean, the, the United, government, United States, the government think, finances, United States thinks they do. Well, they, they created it initially, but yeah. then a lo there's, a Sweden, lot right? of, there's a lot of private dollars that have gone into its expansion. Okay. So it, it's kind of a world resource. I mean, it's it is. almost like the airwaves. It's so funny because people on Facebook will hide their, if you're not friends with them, they'll hide their face or make yeah. sure you can't yeah. see them. I'm like, yeah. come on. Yeah. Who are you? Yeah. You know, you're some mom or well, dad. Well, the other at, thing. You're some mom or dad at home. Come on. I'm a little come cynical on. about some of the privacy stuff because yeah, it's I like am everybody's freaked it's out about, it's my private stuff, it's my private it's stuff. Believe me, nobody really cares about most no. of your private stuff. I mean, I, I have I have over I have over yeah. I have over yeah. I, I have over eleven hundred friends on Facebook. I know them mm -hmm. all. Yes. But I know they're not all reading about me every day. They don't care. <laughs> I don't care about them either. I'm glad they're alive. Yes. But I, if, I would take me it take me weeks to say hi to everybody. But you love their little kitty. Photos, I do. Right? They're yeah. the kittens. They're so yeah. cute. Yeah. Yeah. Little kitty kitties. Yeah. There's a dancing kitty. <laughs> you know. Um, no, I can get enough of kittens. But. Um, there is no privacy, no. and if we think there is, it's 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 fictional. You know, my doctor it's friend, totally fictional. My, my doctor friend Kenny, the drummer from yeah, the school, drummer from the school, told right. me a number of years ago. He was involved in corporate medicine for many years, and we I, I brought up the term the the phrase, you know, medical records privacy. No. He, he looked at me. and He said, "They've never been private." No, no. 
You have private and nobody parts. cares about them. You have private parts. You yeah. don't have private records. Yes. Right? Right. right. Okay. Right. <laughs> when, you, when you decided to do this, yeah. was it, and, 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 and I don't want to be too political. I mean, it's political. I shouldn't have said that. I don't want to be too typical. But when, when Bush and Gore went up against each other, did you decide, I need to write this book? Or because of the chats? My God, they're called chats. But or, or did, you, did you say, I, you already had this in your mind way before, uh, way before way, 2000? Way before. Way before. Okay. When did you say, I need to, when, when was the touchscreen thing available? I mean, when did you discover that that could be something? Um, I kind of, I fictionalized it in the book. Yeah. Uh, my late business partner and I, we're sitting in his office in 1984, Whoa. looking at the, f- the first touchscreen interactive television system that we bought from NCR. But you had one in 1984. Yeah, we went into that. Bi- we went into that business. Was it military production. or did you? No, no. it was. It was you could public access. Uh, you can go buy yeah, one. Yeah, I don't know if they were they were selling them to corporate ten thousand dollars. This was their very first one. <laughs> right. No, they were like fifteen grand. Whoa. And two hundred. You could have a pounds Ford, or you equipment. can have a computer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we were sitting in his office one night looking at it. He said, I bet you could vote on that. Who said that? My partner. No. Yeah. And he, you know, bet you could vote on that. Being interesting. Now you can sell drinks on it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> now you can do anything with yeah. it. Yeah. So we flew out to uh, San Diego. We knew a guy out there was a software engineer, and we hired him to create a vote, a voting, sort of a demo voting package. 1984. Uh, for Colorado. Yeah. So we're in, we're, what are we, in Reagan's second term? Yeah, I think so. Okay. And, uh, um, so we put it on the we put it on the NCR system. And NCR is that National Cash Register Company. All right, there yeah, you go. NCR. And uh, shortly thereafter, we became <laughs> IBM business partners uh, in the interactive video. And you were in Colorado in Yeah, we were in Colorado. Yeah, yeah. IBM's IBM. In, IBM down came. In Springs. IBM came to us, and mm-hmm. they not Hewlett Packard. Sorry. Yeah, they asked us to uh, create their first touchscreen training systems using their new, still secret. Touchscreen, touchscreen system. Back then, you could be secret. Yeah, it was an un, it was an unreleased no, product. Right, and uh, so we signed on to do that, and we took our voting system and ported it over to three units, and took them down to a we called the Denver Election Commission and said, "You said three little computers." Yeah, well, they're big. Computers. Well, of course, massive little things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like and phone we said, booths, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we said, uh, "Can we set these things up at one of your voting precincts and invite people after they?" you know, pull the lever on the big old voting machines, mm-hmm. invite them to come over to cast, you know, fake ballots on this thing. See how it works. Think. So they said, sure. We set them up. And uh, it was all old people. And I mm-hmm. and the graphics were crude. I mean, mm-hmm. you could, I, you know, they were awful <laughs> back in those days. And uh, so we, we invited these old people across the aisle after they voted and said, could you vote, you know, vote on these and tell us what you think. And they, did they think it was a coffee machine or something? They loved it. Oh, they loved it. Okay. They said, oh, we can do one screen, one race on a screen, and go to the next one and go back, change my vote, and then, you know, hit my ballot. They loved it. And this was in 1984. 84. What? And then the school bell rang. because are pre- in 2016 the, now. The precinct was in a school, and the school kids came down. They, immediate, they walked up to these machines and knew how to use them instinctively. This they is just over started, 30 years ago yeah, you were doing this. they just started boom, 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 boom. No problem. No problem. What the hell? Why? Why? So then we. Why aren't we using these? Well, you, I mean, you, it's so easy now. I can just. I, I, well, I, I'll tell I hold, you. I'll I tell literally you. hold a computer in my hand now. I'll, t- I'll it's tell called, you. It's called yeah, a computer. I'll tell you why you're not using IBM systems because we actually we, we got another business partner involved. 
and we developed the system, took it to the next level, and mm-hmm. we tested it in their usability lab. And it was the best product. IBM said it was the best product they had ever come up with sure. in terms of usability. And then we tested it on the ground. Better than anything Apple came up with, better than anything, anything IBM, Microsoft. IBM came up with. Right, okay. And then, uh, then we took it to Trenton, New Jersey, of all places, to test it in the field in actual elections. And it performed very well. And you well. got a bunch of Jersey guys going, what the hell is this thing doing? Uh, hey, I don't want this thing. Yeah, thing yeah. Well, well, then, then we found out more about the voting industry, <laughs> the voting machine industry, which is basically kind of run by you Schmucks. know, politicians yeah. and uh, very shady people. How much do these machines cost back then? I mean, oh, how but, much? Oh, about $15,000. $15,000. Yeah. Okay. So a state would have to buy a whole bunch of them because yes. of the, each county has a vote. And, and, oh, yeah. Okay. So we're talking maybe. A lot of money. A lot of money. And they're yeah. looking at that going, no. Now we have. IBM now just, we can just press a button. IBM just decided, well, we don't want to get into the voting business. We'll stay in banking and all the other stuff they're in, but. And do you think that was politics saying, don't do this? Yeah, and it was a little bit of corporate chicken stuff. When you, when you started writing Vote, you went back to 1984 and, and thought about what had happened yeah, then. I wanted, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> this is 30 years ago. Yeah. And we haven't evolved? Not really. I mean, that we've got touchscreen electronic systems. And sure. actually, back then... When I we, mean, the, the, the club when, here, the, the press yeah. club has it. They can sell drinks on it. When, yeah. when we were, when we were uh, uh, researching and building these products, um, we knew all about... You know, all the stuff that came out in the 2000 election? Yeah. We knew all about that. Way ahead of the chat, the problem with chads, sure. problem with punch cards, all those problems. If you watch CNN or any of MSNBC or Fox, whatever you guys watch, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, it really doesn't matter. Uh, they all want to be first. Yeah. I was watching some of it last night. I was slipping around Fox, yeah. then I went MSNBC, yeah. then I went CNN. They all want to be first. I was watching John King on CNN. Mm-hmm. He had this huge screen, yeah. huge beautiful screen. And he was touching it. Oh, yeah. He was just touching it, going, this is the way this state voted. (laughs) Within seconds, within minutes, within microseconds, we knew how that county voted, who they voted for, how many blacks, how many whites, how many kids, how many college students. Well, you know. I mean, he did it within seconds. Yeah. Why can't each, why can't there be a state? Why can't it be Colorado? Why can't you throw this out to, you know, Governor Hickenlooper and say, look, read this. Be the first. Let's do, let's do digital voting. How, how, we, we. We are a pioneer. I mean, we're a pioneer state. That's the name of our DU University, right? We're a pioneer state. Why can't we get them here and be first? We've done marijuana. We've done this. We've done that. We've done the Broncos. We've done everything. Why can't we do it? We are a popular state. They would follow us, right? We're four or five million people who vote, maybe three million in the state. Come on. We can get this done, can't we? We Well, sure we we could. But, but, uh... But, uh... You know, the, the elections are controlled by state laws yeah. and political parties. And, you know, they like to keep their handles on the... Cha-ching. On the, yeah, they want to they wanna, I know they they still, control it. They they still, want, they'll, they'll worry about, well, what if it gets hacked? What if, it, you know, somebody's going to break into it? They still put handles on, on slot machines. That's right. Which no one uses. I know. So, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> um, we have touchscreen casinos now. Now your book is 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 so topical and it's so intense and it's so true and it's so real. When are you going to do a spinoff or is this it? This is done. 
Well, this is, I mean, is book two. I know, I'm, but I'm is there going to be a, a vote two? Or no, there's not going to be a, a vote second two. Vote or? No, the next book is about fracking. Or can yeah. you call one caucus or something? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> would, would, would you be interested in doing a spinoff or writing? Or would that, you think it's down the road or you're done? This is it. A uh, one-shot deal. There could be. There okay. could be something later on. But uh, I'm, I'm already into book number three. So Coding, um, the coding whole, whole aspect of it. Mm -hmm. how, how, hard would it, how hard would it be for a state... And maybe a small one like Rhode Island. I don't know. How hard would would how how uh, how hard would it be for a state to get this done? I, mean, I, I know I, I know you said there's a lot of legislation and all that yeah. and all that junk. But if politicians well, like it, they're going to do it. Technologically, I don't think it's hard at all. I right. think the biggest question that will come up is security. How do we know the person who's voting on the phone? Is that person? Is that person is a registered voter or whatever? Well, don't we have a thing called um, what, what? Not when you when you uh, when you can see somebody's face. What's it called? When sure. You, yeah. What's you, that called, guys? When you talk to somebody, facial recognition. Facial recognition. Yeah. You could do plain. Yeah, and you have a thumbprint on here. Just bleep, right. I just voted. We're doing all our banking on telephones. I know. Um, I watched one another one of my sons who's in IT. Mm -hmm. And is the like the number three IT guy at National Jewish Health. I, I watched him sit at home with his phone, managing their networks. Their, that has on his phone on, on a, well, his phone on his computer phone. Yeah. Yes, on mm -hmm. his on his phone. Yeah, with secure access into that system. Unbelievable. You know, this is all the research data, all the research systems over there, all the you know day to day hospital stuff. He can sit there on a phone and manage it. Will this ever happen? Will we ever have electronic voting for elections in the United States of America? I think so. When? Who knows? <laughs> twenty twenty. I mean, twenty twenty. Will it take the millennials to get there? Maybe. The, the internet. Maybe the because internet you've got you've got because they're not going to stand for. No, this. you got the millennials who are starting up companies with these little you know phone <laughs> they're apps. They're not going to We can just press it. I've got a good friend of mine who uh, whose son graduated from CU with honors, and uh, is doing has a. You know, got two or three million dollars in venture capital right out of school for an app idea that he's got. He's got a little company down in Lodo. A generation is twenty years. So we looking at twenty years? Probably. Wow. No, come on. I, I mean, I, I it may, takes a. I mean, it takes that long. It's, it's been since nineteen eighty four. You don't. You think twenty twenty years from now, maybe? I would think so. So twenty. Why where does that put us? Twenty thirty. Twenty thirty. Yeah. Yeah. Holy God. You'll, you'll have to cover that. I don't know if I'll be here. Oh, you'll be here. Um, well, you, I'll have you on the show, and we'll be talking about it. Look, it happened, and here we are. We're going to touch it now. Um, you love boats, too, don't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm between boats. You're, what? I'm between boats. You've been, what? You, you, you divorced Which means one? I, no, I don't, no, I don't happen to own one at the moment. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. And so what, that, that means you're between boats. What type of boats do you have? Sailboats. Sailboats. Yeah. What does it take to name one? To name them? Oh, I mean, you do you think about it? I mean, as much you as you can, do about your books? Yeah, you can name it. The biggest challenge is if you buy a boat mm -hmm. and you want to rename it. That is the problem. Okay. Yeah, which I had to do. Pretty easy with, with humans, one but of hard with boats. boats huh? It's yeah. uh, very difficult. Um, you have to, first of all, you have to organize uh, a special party. Okay. You have to get somebody who is active in some form of the ministry. It sounds like an election. It's it's more complex than that. Mm -hmm. Ministry, um, yes. Like the ministry, yes. like yes, like, like you, church, like you have to have a a priest there oh. or a rabbi or somebody. Um, you have to have a 
drunk sailor there as a part of the activity. Well, that should be and hard you to have find. To, you, ha- you have to... <laughs> hey, buddy, come here. Well, you have to invoke the god uh, or goddess Neptune yeah. to get permission to, to change sail. the name of the boat. Wow. Okay. It's a very it's a very convoluted process. How many how many sailboats? Oh, go ahead. We did it with one. We did it with one of my boats. How many sailboats have you owned? Let's see. One, two, three, four, five. Five. Yeah. Can you name them? No. Can you name a few of them? I can tell you what they were. Ah, okay. No. no. I don't think the first one didn't have a name. Okay. The second one was. Uh, I can't remember That's because okay. I got rid of it so quickly because no, it was the wrong boat. It was the wrong boat. Yeah. It was the wrong boat to buy. I wanted to okay. buy a bigger boat and I bought the wrong kind. Okay. So I had to get rid of it. And one was called Miss Nell after my daughter. Oh, nice. And I can't remember what the That's other. Okay. One. Well, the, the the last one was a was a fix up boat. Right. Didn't really have a name. It just had a whole number. So anybody listening to this program, yeah. if if you're in the boat sale business, um, you know Dick Schneider's in, in in the room and he would like one. Well, but there's okay. a great there's a great outfit here that oh there is you give them a little money each year Who's and that? they've got a bunch of boats on all the lakes and you just sail their boats. Oh, what company? It's called the Victoria Sailing School. Victoria Sailing yeah, School. Yeah, they they kind of figured it out. Yes, so they got it. They got it down because it costs. You know, a boat stands for the word boat. Yeah, stands for bring on board a thousand. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that's what boat yeah. stands for a month, right? Yeah, well, well, whatever. Yeah, and it's it's going to cost you, you know, it's going to cost you anywhere between a thousand and twenty five hundred to put it somewhere on the water, unless you're going to haul it in and out and haul it in and out, and then you're going to spend a thousand or two thousand a year fixing it up. And have you ever sailed from Houston or or New Orleans to Key West? No, I've just I've would just sailed. I've just, would you do it? Oh yeah, if I had a good, if there was a good captain who liked to do the open open open, open water, water sailing yeah i've done some sailing out of key west with some friends who needs to read this book who do you think needs to read it does it everybody in the country need to read it are you going to mail it to the politicians or who needs to see this to make to make this to make this happen all all uh, well i don't know who all of congress politicians all of congress <laughs> um i'm not really advocating that much in the book but uh and baby boomers and the people who buy books and read yeah you know they need to buy these they need to buy this book because you know i'm People saving up i'm saving up for things like you know <laughs> like a, new, a new boat a new set of teeth and new shoes yeah. and stuff like that sure you know so you know i need people to buy these things hey hey folks out there help help dick schneider get new teeth um <laughs> and go to amazon and kindle and and get um the both right now vote and water uh you ready for rob's fast five questions okay all right if you could um if you could run an election on your own i mean run, just run okay. a, you know right here in the state, um, how many how many electronic voting machines uh, would it take in, in the whole state to get it done? In I mean, the whole state? Yeah, I mean, how many how many little do one? I mean, because no, all, no, it would take about uh, what do you think, Mister Serbo? How many pre? There's four thousand precincts. Oh my god! In Colorado? Wow, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, we're talking a that's, lot. That's a lot. Yeah, we're talking a lot. Yeah, okay. thousands of machines. But keep in mind, the computer technology is almost free now. It is. So it wouldn't cost us. So much. it would not cost us. So much. not a lot of yeah. money. And they're buying machines now anyway. They're buying stuff now that costs a lot of money. Um, what boat are you going to buy or what boat are you in the, in the market for and what would you name it? The boat I'd like to buy 
is actually a Catalina 25. Okay. But I'd People name, are Googling that right now. I'd name it uh, an old one, not, okay. a new, not a new one. An older one. Um, Catalina 25. And if, you know, assuming, you know, sales shoot through the roof after the podcast here, <laughs> um, well, I'll, know. I'll name it, uh, you know, the Vic Bankston. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's very cool. Um, Haggerty. What does that mean to you? Haggerty. Haggerty. He's the old man. He's the old man in the book. Yeah. He's the old guy who uh, used to be a courier. He used to travel around the world with the public, the private keys, which actually was the way these keys were distributed globally. You know, all those people that you saw stories about with the briefcases handcuffed to their wrists, those are people traveling around to banks and all around the world to give them a key so that other banks could wire transfer money to them. In the old days. In the old days, yeah. And now it's just press a button. Now it's a button. No, there was a guy who actually did, and that was Haggerty. Haggerty was the old guy. He lived in the Flying Saucer RV park yeah. down in Hamden. Real person? No. No. But I know where that is. Yeah. The, the RV park right yeah. there. Near, yeah, near the, the, near it's the, got a flying saucer sure. in there, sure. When, um, when you were young and in, in Crystal Lake, what, was your, what, what did you love to do besides jazz? What, did you, what was your recreation? Bicycling. Really? Baseball. Really? Big Cubs fan? Or, I'm sorry, Cubs socks, socks were there too. Cubs and socks. Okay, know. so it doesn't uh, matter. Everybody played baseball. We yeah. played sandlot baseball. We played, you know, got we every year we'd play a game with the guys across the tracks. One year, uh, our sandlot team all joined Babe Ruth League baseball, and we were an expansion team, and we were undefeated, won the league. It was, it was, you know, baseball was the big game. We played football too. But. This is a two-part question. What makes you happy? Writing. Really? Yeah. Do you, what, what do you do when you write? What are, your, what are your little, what type of drink and what type of atmosphere do you create when you're writing? Usually a cup of coffee at a coffee shop. Really? You can do it in public? You yeah. Can, you can yeah. write in public? Oh, yeah. Well, I, There's not look, a way to do that. I, That's a you know, I spent, I spent eight years as a journalist in a noisy newsroom. Pit room, yeah. You know, you just, you just dial out the noise. It's just, it's white noise. What makes you sad? Oh... What makes me sad? <laughs> no, no, no. What 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 makes me sad is um, what what's happening with the Middle East. Okay. Yeah. What could you? What could what could we do? And what is there anything we can do to help them? I or is it just? I don't know. It's on their own. I don't know because uh, um, this country doesn't. You're talking, about have, Syria, you're talking about Syria and that then places like Syria, that. you know, what's happening in Iraq yeah. with ISIS. Yeah, yeah. Um, unless we put a major force back in there and get involved in another war, which nobody has interest in. Because I do a lot of work with veterans and mm -hmm. kids, school kids, and, you know, the, the veterans want to do something about it. But on the other hand, you got veterans who, you know, can't get health care. Right. You know, and we got When they built that Taj Mahal veterans care unit over here in Colorado... The new one yeah. that they can't get done? No, yeah. it's huge. Well, yeah. It's yeah. huge. It's, it has a marble aisle. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. I don't know what we do with the Middle East. Okay, but that's what uh, makes honestly, you sad? Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's nerve-wracking, and it's, it's uh, unfortunate that, that it's happening. We don't, you know, we, we can all live pretty nice lives on this planet. We can. <laughs> if we wanted and, to. And, and we can. If we wanted to. Uh, obviously, 
this is a question that came from from people from the internet mm-hmm. for me to ask you. Yeah. And you just answered as honestly as you can, okay? okay? And, and I don't want to get too political with you because that's not what the show is all about. But if the general, if the if the government or the grand old party, the Republican Party, uh, do do not have a Trump or a Cruz or a whoever um, to be elected, mm-hmm. and we go to they go to Cleveland and they rig it, will the Republican Party be a grand old dead party? I think it's going to reform. Drastically, um, and I don't know if I don't know if uh, the Donald is going to get the nomination or not. Uh, the establishment's doing everything it can to well, they don't like either prevent it. I mean, they don't like Cruz or yeah. I mean, we've had experience with the insurgent candidate. Of course, Barry Goldwater was one. Uh, George McGovern was one, and they Ross both, Perot. Well, Ross Perot. I mean, Goldwater and McGovern got the nominations, Correct. and they lost big. Big. Uh, Perot, yeah, Perot, you know, took votes away right. from um, H.W. Bush. Do you see Sanders or or Trump going independent to just mess up the whole system? No, actually, the some of the conservative Republicans are talking about doing their own third party. I, I read about if, that. If, yeah. if Trump gets it, I I don't know. Uh, I don't think Bernie will do it. Um, I don't know that the Donald would do it either, but you never know with him. You're part of that wonderful generation that's been around. Um, Too long. No. <laughs> You're part of that wonderful generation that, that has seen so many changes in our culture mm-hmm. in the past 60 years. Yeah. And you've lived it. You've seen it. Uh, I haven't. Does it matter who president, who the president is? Honestly? Yes. I don't think so. And I'll tell you why. They inherit I, the company. They I, inherit the country they get. I really, I really believe in the structure that was created in our in the U.S. Constitution. I mean, there are checks and balances in that document, and the president is reined in by the Congress. The judiciary, Congress is reined in by the president. You know that that system actually works. It seems like it doesn't work. But if you go, if you if you drill down into it, it does work. Uh, it looks like gridlock right now when you have divided government. You know, nothing seems to move, and everybody's saying, you know, over my dead body and blah blah blah. Um, you know, that'll that'll mellow out at some point. But the Constitution actually works, and it establishes the powers for each of the branches. And uh, I have faith in it. Our country was started by men and women. Uh, men were the representatives, but women were right behind them, mm-hmm. telling them what to do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> by men who were rebels, some very uneducated, some very educated. Men who were traitors. Our president, our first president, um, George Washington, got his associate's degree in surveying from William and Mary. Couldn't hack college. Went to the military. And became one of our most recognized faces in our culture. Mm-hmm. When did it change? When did when did it flip? Was it the 1930s, 1940s, 1950s? When did it flip? We've killed more of our presidents than any other culture while they were in office. McKinley, Kennedy, yeah. others, Lincoln. Um, others have died in office too. But when did it change? Do you remember? When did government get 
more powerful than we are. I think, you know, the, the, present, the present debate over the size of the government <clears throat> started probably in the Depression era, after the Depression era. 1930s. 1930s. Um, because at that point, before that, the executive branch was pretty small. Yeah. Um, Woodrow Wilson used to type his own letters. Grover Cleveland... Uh, you mean he used, they used to do their own work? Yeah. Grover okay. Cleveland used to answer the phone yeah. when they got a phone in the White House. He, he, he answered. President. We, got a, we got his face on the wall yeah. over there. Um, the, executive, the executive branch started growing after Roosevelt. Roosevelt, the Roosevelt era um, was important because we were kind of in free fall at that point with the depression and uh, um, other things happening in the country and, and you know, World War II. Um, so it was kind of Katie barred the door uh, during that era. Uh, but after World War II, um, the executive branch, you know, has dramatically increased in size and each, you know, succeeding president has expanded the office of the presidency. Mm-hmm. Uh, to with huge, more, huge, more secretaries huge and more staff, staff. Yeah. huge staff. I mean, it's thousands. Yeah, where it used to be, yeah. There's uh, six of us here at the White House uh, covering things. You know, <laughs> I want to have a drink. <laughs> now it's you know it's thousands. I don't know how big the executive office Massive. staff is, but it's probably six or seven thousand. Yeah, that's just the White House. You know, the bureaucracy has grown. That's what a lot of people are kind of reacting to. Sure. That the that the government is too big. Uh, that we got too many programs and. Uh, you know, there's a lot to that. I mean, I, I, you know, every so often, I mean, we really do need to sit down and say, well, do we need this? Do we need that? Yeah, do, do the budget. This? Do we really need to do this? Can we do it this way? And, uh, uh, but with the current, you know, but, head button. You mean like give education back to the states, that type of thing? Yeah. Well, that was a, yeah. That's a whole screwy other story. deal to begin. Whole I mean, they, you know, yeah. they had all these, well, they consolidate a bunch of education-related sure. agencies into a department. And I, yeah, I don't, I don't really see much of a role of, of the feds in, in education. So bottom line, in 2016, you want people to get out there and vote. Oh, yeah. No question. That's vote. the biggest power we have. Go out and vote. You know, everybody participates to a certain degree. If you've got you, a clean record, you got they, a driver's they, license, go vote. They follow the laws. They pay the taxes. They pay sales. You know, so everybody is participating in government to one degree or another. The vote is so easy to do. Um, you know, we really need people to do that just go vote you know the date and in you colorado the colorado make the they're making it real easy they mail you the darn ballot it. they mail it to you yeah i mean how hard is that <laughs> it's very easy i can't thank you enough for being on the show how can people find you where can people see you find you on facebook you know all your all your uh, stuff richardjschneider.com that's it that's my website and it links to the books and links, and links to facebook and everything else right yeah and you can buy the books on that website you can buy it on amazon yeah, just go over to Local. Amazon. Jump over to Amazon. I, there is a way to buy a paperback off my website, but I couldn't really Great tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't thank you enough for being here. Thank okay. you so much. It's Enjoyed been a pleasure. It. Enjoyed okay. it. Our guest tonight was Richard J. Schneider, uh, the author of Vote in Water and a bunch of other uh, great books. Find him on Facebook and Kindle and Amazon and all that good stuff. I just want to remind everybody to please out there, listen, talk, and laugh as much as you can. Wake up every day with a purpose to do good things just like Dick Schneider does. 
uh, and helps people out all the time with veterans and kids and everything else he does outside of his daily life. Of course, I couldn't do the show without my incredible crew and staff. They are outstanding. They keep the show going. They keep me up and going. They keep themselves up and going, and we just do it weekend and week out every Wednesday night here at the Press Club. I want to thank Will, my director, producer, and great chief editor. He just does an outstanding job. I hope you like what you listen to. My IT director, he does a lot of editing as well with Will. Matt, and of course Chantel, who does a lot of our uh, marketing work for us. Mancho from Cameroon, who does all our AV stuff for YouTube. And of course, our wonderful executive producer, Mariah Weiss, who keeps us all tame and, and together as a unit. And uh, we cannot do this without the Denver Press Club either. The Denver Press Club hosts us every week. I'm a proud member and uh, very happy that we are here every Wednesday. And I want to thank the staff. Carmen, the general manager. Bruce Goldberg, the president of the club. And of course, the staff here, Mark and Will. Uh, the best bartenders and cooks around. So if you are in the Denver metro area, come by and see us on Wednesdays. We'd love to see you. Listen, talk, love, and wake up with a purpose every day to do something good. And you just might be right down here with us in downtown Denver at the Denver Press Club as our topic of conversation. Thank you and good night.